What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to be talking about addition by subtraction. We have so much stuff in our lives. We have so much stimulation in our lives. We have so many things in our lives constantly being bombarded with new information, with new content, with new... What's funny? What I, did just, it? I just replayed a conversation in my head. Oh. And I... The way that I Oh, scarcity. She was talking about my scarcity brain book back there. <laughs> For those of you who don't know about the book, it's actually pronounced scarcity brain. But, you know, we tend to renounce things how we want to renounce them. You know, no judgment. You know, it sounded like New York City around here the last couple of days. I feel like yesterday when we recorded, or what, that was two days ago, we heard... I heard ambulances. It's turning into a big old city. I'm like, man, what's happening? Anyway, that's no judgment against New York City, but I've been there and I've heard a lot of sirens. So that's, that's, that's all that is. Um, so we're going to talk about addition by subtraction. Trying not to have a scarce outlook on things and instead... <laughs> scarce. scarce, sorry. My apologies a scarce outlook on things. Um, it's not about taking things away from your life for the sake of taking them away because they're bad or you're a bad person or you have to neglect yourself or anything like that. And anytime we talk or think about taking things away, we think in neglectful terms. We think in short, scarce terms. That's exactly how we think because we have a tendency to have a scarce mind. Hence the name scarcity brain. That's not what this book or what this book's about. That is what that book's about. That's not what this podcast is about. It just so happens that we started talking about that. But anyway, before I start going down that rabbit hole, what we're talking about is we want to have a certain way of life. We want to have a certain outlook on life and we want to be a certain way in life and so many people want health so many people want fulfillment so many people want happiness so, so many people want even community like we talk about things being normal again and we talk about being able to talk to people again and we talk about being able to commune and be around people and so on and so forth and we're around people a lot but we still talk about how so much of society is different and hard to talk to and hard to deal with and so on and a lot of the reason that is is because of the abundance of information and literal stuff that we have and we're bombarded with and our feeling of not having enough and wanting more. So when we're talking about addition by subtraction and taking things away, it's not a matter of taking it away because you're a bad person and you can never have it again. You can have whatever stuff that you want. You can have whatever things you want. You can read whatever you want. You can scroll whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. You can choose to do all of those things. And a lot of people choose to do a lot of those things. But if you want to live a certain kind of life and you want to feel a certain kind of way and you want to live, be more structured and you want to be happy and fulfilled and healthy, it might require you to do things differently. Actually, not might. It will require you to do things differently. And some of those things... And requires taking things away so that you can add the things in your life that you want. Because our time is taken up, 
our mind is taken up, our physicality is taken up by so many things that we just don't realize, that we don't recognize, that we don't pay attention to. And a lot of it is because we just aren't slowing ourselves down enough to be able to go, okay, what can I actually do to do the things that I say I want to do? Instead of convincing ourselves that we can't do and we can't be, we convince ourselves that uh, we're not able to do it because we just don't have any time or we don't have the ability or we don't have the courage or we don't have the discipline. Instead of slowing down and going, maybe I can actually get this under control if I look at the things that I have in my life that I don't necessarily need, that I don't necessarily have to have, that I don't necessarily need to hang on to so that I can add the things in my life that I say that I want. Because there's a lot of things in your life that you say that you want that would bring health, happiness, and fulfillment into your life. It will require you letting go of the things you think that you need that society tells you you need because it is so prevalent and so abundant and so in your face that it's hard to overlook. It's going to require you to overlook it so that you can get the things that you want, feel the way that you want, and be the person that you want. Because you and I both know that if you're listening to this or you've listened to anything or watched anything like this, that you want to be a different person, that I want to be a different person. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I put out the things that I put out. That's why at Thriveology, we strive to help people achieve better health and fitness because we want to also do the same. And the best way to reinforce something is to teach it. So if it's if you're listening and, or if you're watching, it's likely that you want to feel differently. You want to be different. You want to have a different life in some way, shape, or form. Again, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that who you are today is not a worthy person. It actually means you are fully worthy of more. You're fully worthy of the effort and the sacrifice and the discipline that it takes to move yourself forward, to make progress, to become a different person. You're totally worth it. But it's going to require a certain level of addition by subtraction. So why is it important to start taking away things? Why is it important to start subtracting things so that we can add the things that we say we want to do so that we can become the person that we say we want to become? Well, number one, no matter if it's physical things or words or mental something for filling up our mental capacity, it clears our lives and our minds of clutter. When you start to unload things from your life, you start to, your mind can actually start to relax. Whether again, you have a bunch of physical stuff, that physical stuff is taking up space in your mind somewhere. No matter if you just pack it away, 
or it's sitting right in front of you, it's taking up space in your mind. Your mind is thinking about it in some way, shape, or form. If you're constantly taking in a bunch of external stuff that is just being thrown at you, be that via the news, be that via social media, be that via any other outlet, it's taking up space in your mind, not only while you're watching it, but also down the road when you're not watching it. Somehow, some way, it's, it's taking up space. It is holding your mind hostage. So when you start to subtract things out of your life that don't necessarily need to be there, you start to create space in your mind to actually be able to think about things and then do things that you want to be able to do. And that's the second thing. It gives you space to be able to do the things that you want to do. First, it clears your mind to be able to think about the things, and then it gives you the space to be able to do the things, both the physical space and the mental space. One of the things that I hear the most when it comes to exercise is I don't have time to exercise. And if you look at the average person's time, where they spend their time, the average person spends it's something like six to eight hours a day looking at a screen. And a good majority of that, like three or four hours of it, is on the phone. So if three to four hours of it is on the phone and one to four hours of it is at a TV, there's time right there. It, it's, it's very clear. It's right there. But we don't want to take responsibility for it. We don't want to look at it and go, well, I don't actually have the time. Instead, we just want to say, well, I don't have the time because then we can reinforce the person that we currently are. I'm the kind of person who doesn't exercise. And I'm going to look for any reason why I don't do that. I don't have the time. We have the time and we have the space. We just have to look at what we have and what we're doing in our lives so that we can start to take it apart. You good over there? John's throwing stuff. So it clears our minds and our lives of clutter so that then we can, number two, have the space to be able to do what we want. And like I said, that means two things. That means the mental space and the physical space. When you actually start decluttering your house or decluttering your pantry or your refrigerator, then you can actually start filling it up with, let me rephrase that. We don't want to refill it. You can actually start to think differently. You can actually start to feel differently and potentially, yeah, actually start to have, if you want some different things, you can have the things that you want. If one of your excuses for not having healthy food is we don't have room in the fridge, when you start to unload the unhealthy stuff out of the fridge, suddenly you have room. So the five major ways or areas that we have more or seek more. There are five major areas where we seek more. We're trying to have more of these things. And these things are over, they are available in abundance, like absolute abundance. They are available. But because our ancestors, because 100,000 years ago, they were not available and our ancestors had to literally scrape and claw and fight to survive in order to get, not all of these things, but in order to get 
in order to live, they it's it's like that tendency still built into us. And so we have this scarce mindset that we need more in order to we're, we're trying to get more in order to feel better, in order to feel more fulfilled, in order to feel whatever we're trying to feel to, to get more of these things. So number one is stuff, just more stuff, whether that's more clothes, whether that's more shoes, whether that's more, a bigger house, whether that's a bigger car, whether that's whatever, whatever stuff that it is, we want more stuff. And we think that having more stuff is going to make us feel happy. And that's like, if you look at lottery winners, for instance, a lot of people assume that if they win the lottery, that they would then be able to buy the things that they want, and then that would make them happy. But the vast majority of lottery lottery winners, and by the vast majority, I mean like 95 to 99% of them end up being broke again in like 10 years or something, because they go buy all the stuffs, and then they're not happy. Actually, they're usually more sad and more depressed because nobody likes them anymore and they bought a lot of things that they thought were going to make them happy and they didn't. So we buy things and we get things and we accumulate things because we think it's going to make us happy. And so we strive for more. We also strive for more screen time, screens, whether that's apps. I mean, that's basically it. Like, we have a million different apps to be able to look at, to be able to scroll through, to be able to poke and prod and like and share and all of the things to fulfill that need for more, to fill that mental feeling for more. And we scroll and we go. As a matter of fact, both Infinite Scroll, which is the code that is required for you to be able to continue to scroll on all social media now, which was only created in the last decade or so, I believe. Without Infinite Scroll, social media would not be what it is today because if you recall, if you're over the age of maybe 28 or 30, maybe older than that, back in the day, when you got to the bottom of your feed, you had to hit next. Like you had to go to the next page instead of just keep scrolling. But once they created the infinite scroll, which I think that it was a programmer from Facebook, once they created an infinite scroll code where you could just sit there and scroll all day long, engagement on the apps went up drastically because you could sit there and just get more and more and more and more. For Netflix, once they started automatically playing another episode of the show that you were watching or automatically playing another movie, you know, the countdown begins. Next episode is going to start in 10, 9, 8. Like you don't have a whole lot of time to say no. Once they started doing that, viewing on Netflix went up drastically. So that's just two examples of how media companies or social media companies utilize our need for more, our want for more against us. Comfort is another thing that we strive for more of. We have how many, I mean, 
again, you pick up your phone, you can pretty much order anything that you want off your phone. You can get things delivered directly to you. You can, I mean, you can not leave your house. Like a lot of people could not leave their house at all if they didn't, if they chose not to. Working from home, getting things delivered to your home, between just those two things, like a lot of people could not leave their house at all if they didn't want to and would be totally comfortable living in a 72 degree environment always, all the time. And so we strive for more. Drugs and alcohol, another thing that is available in abundance and which we strive for more of. Drugs and alcohol, yes, I put them in the same context because they are the same thing. Drugs and alcohol, 100,000 years ago, were used by our ancestors. But they were not used by our ancestors to get trippy or get drunk or to have a good time or go have a blast. They were used to literally survive. In his book, The Scarcity Brain, (laughs) I'll probably do it one more time by the end of the episode. In his book, The Scarcity Brain, Michael Easter talks about this, which was super interesting to me, by the way. (laughs) John M. Super interesting. So, 100,000 years ago, our ancestors figured out that certain plants would give them more stamina to be able to hunt more. Those plants are plants like the cocoa plant, I think is what it is, which is what cocaine, where cocaine is found. Now we attribute cocaine to drug and addiction. A hundred thousand years ago, our ancestors literally would take the leaves off the cocoa plant and chew them so that they had more stamina to be able to run further, run faster, stay up longer, to be able to hunt more and increase the likelihood that they survived. But when you chew one leaf off of a cocoa plant, it is a fraction, a teeny tiny, itsy bitsy little fraction of a line of coke. I don't know that from experience, by the way. But it is a teeny tiny fraction. Nicotine's the same way. Tobacco is another great example. Tobacco, nicotine, actually has a ton of positive benefits to it. Nicotine. In proper quantities. And our ancestors... When they found tobacco plants, they would, again, use them to increase their stamina, to increase their mental clarity so that they could hunt and forage better. They would use them. And they would use these plants to do that. They use fruit, like super ripe fruit becomes alcoholic in nature. And that's how our ancestors would find fruit. They could smell it, and that's how they would find it. So these things were very useful in that context. But today, we have compressed them into such such a degree that we can consume them in very high quantities, which is very dangerous considering what they do. (laughs) So we want more drugs and alcohol, even though they were meant to be, or literally our ancestors used them in a positive way to help us help them survive so that we could be here. And then the last thing that we, of course, want more of is food. Now, food has been manufactured in a very specific way for us 
to be addicted to it. Food manufacturers call this the bliss point. And that's basically the point at which it's not too salty, not too sugary, not too savory. It's just salty enough. It's just fatty enough. It's just sugary enough. It's just savory enough that our it hits our mental mark. We go, yep, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. And I want more of that. So those foods are created in that specific way to hit that mark and to make us want them more. They're literally created that way. And we have so much food available. We have so much food available. I forget the statistic, but if you take into the account everybody on earth and the amount of calories available for everybody on earth, there's like 110% of calories available for everyone on earth. Now, there are starving people on earth and people dying from starvation, so there's some discrepancy there, but that's a conversation from another day or for another day. So those are the five ways that adding more is actually killing us. It's, again, it's not that those things are bad. It's not that those things shouldn't be in your life at all. It's not that those things should be completely cut off the planet. I would never say anything about any of these things, even drugs and alcohol for that matter, because there have been plenty of proven benefits for like I said, nicotine has a lot of proven benefits for it. Minuscule amounts of alcohol. I'm very reluctant to say that, but minuscule amounts of alcohol have been shown to have positive benefits and protective benefits against dementia. So like there are benefits to these things in extremely small amounts. Screens, there's, there's, I mean, the information that we can get from screens, the education that we can get from screens, you're watching me or listening, but if you're on YouTube, like you're watching me on a screen and hopefully I'm entertaining you or educating you in some way, shape or form. We couldn't get that even just 30 years ago. So there's benefits to these things, but there's always a point of diminishing returns in everything, in everything, no matter if you're talking about drugs or alcohol or whether you're talking about exercise and running, there's a point of diminishing returns where your body will start to fail. So how do we start to subtract so that we can add into our lives? And it's important to realize that the point of subtracting is not only to be able to then also add things that you want to do into your life. I think that that's a big point because again, a lot of people like society has like, because society has such an overload of those five things that we talked about, we don't take time to sit back and go, maybe I'm just having too much of this and I need to figure out how to give myself space so that I can then build in this life that I want so that I can build in this exercise so that I can build a nutrition program that I want so that I can, you know, become healthier, become fit and actually feel like I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish in my life. But also like giving yourself space in general, both mental space and physical space will make you happier. Like you will feel calmer. You will feel less anxious. You will feel less clustered, like both again, physically and and mentally, when you start to give yourself that both physical and mental space, like your mind will just feel more at ease and 
relaxed. So it's not important only for the fact of being able to put in the things that you want to put in, but it's also important because like your mind will just be calmer. You'll just feel more relaxed. You'll just feel more at ease and, and able to be aware of life and what's going on around you. So how do we start to do that? Uh, number one, clean out your closet. That is literally and fig figuratively. Literally, clean out your closet at your house. Like, go through your closet. Anything that you haven't worn in, say, the last three months, that's not a seasonal thing, of course. Anything you haven't worn in the last three months, throw it in a bag, donate it, get rid of it, get it out. Anything that you don't use anymore, that's just sitting around, that you've convinced yourself, well, I might need that someday, get rid of it. You can always get another one. Like, just get rid of stuff. Just start getting rid of stuff. Clean out your closet. Clean out your pantry. Clean out your fridge. All the stuff that you say you don't want to eat anymore because you know that as soon as you sit down on the couch, you're going to go grab those bag of chips. Like, get rid of them. Clean them out. Throw it away. Give it away. Donate it. Whatever. Like, get rid of it. When you start to do that, when you start to do that, you start to take control of your life and you start to feel mentally clear. The stuff that's in your house, like I said, even though, if, even if you don't see it, like it's in your basement or it's in your attic, if you're in the South, if you don't see it, your mind still knows it's there. Like your mind's still thinking about it to some degree and it's taking up space in your mind. So get rid of it. Like open up that space, open up that space. Figuratively speaking, clean out your mental closet. Last week, I believe, we released an episode about suppressing negative thoughts. Research shows is starting to reinforce the idea that suppressing negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions is beneficial to us. For a long time, psychology has taught us that we shouldn't suppress those things because they'll come back and they'll, you know, we'll go crazy at some point in our lives. That doesn't seem to have worked all that well on average for a lot of people because we have followed that path. But a lot of research is now showing that if you suppress negative thoughts and feelings, which we all have automatic negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, if you suppress them and just push them down and realize that they're going to pop up whether you like them or not, whether you want that to happen or not. And all you need to do is go, well, I don't need to listen to you today. It will clear your mind of the nonsense. It'll clear your mind of the clutter. It'll clear your mind of whatever else you think is going on. Because we attach to the thoughts that we have, even if they are negative, and we think that that's the way that it is, but it's generally not. We all have negative, automatic negative thoughts. Ants automatic negative thoughts, and we all have automatic negative feelings and emotions. The question is, how hard do you attach to them? If you don't attach to them, which you have to train yourself to do so, then there's a good chance that you'll be able to just, again, clear your mental closet so that you can feel more relaxed, calmer, and in control of your thoughts and feelings. So clean out your closet, both Literally and figuratively. Next, 
turn screen, screen time into think time. If you, here's, here's what I want you to do, a little experiment this weekend, or anytime, really. When you're out in public, just watch people. Just watch, like, somebody sitting there, like sitting on a bench, sitting on a park bench, or a couple sitting at a restaurant, or anybody just, preferably just sitting or waiting for something. Just watch. What you'll notice is that 90% of them are looking at their phone, whether they're with another person or whether they're by themselves. Most of them are looking at their phone. Society has been so, it, like, it's so ingrained in our society now to be doing something. We have to be doing something that if we just have to sit and wait for five minutes, like we're walking through the mall and the person we're with has to go run to the restroom, it's going to be two minutes we pull our phone out and start looking at our phone instead of just sitting there and waiting. 20 years ago, like that's all you could do is sit and wait. <laughs> so like now, 20 years later, to see somebody just sitting and waiting is weird. You see what I'm saying? There's no space available to think. You're not giving yourself any space to think about things, which is maybe partly why you feel anxious and depressed. Maybe not depressed, but like anxious, worked up, or like... You don't feel like you can figure anything out or can't make a decision. There's no space to think about things. So instead of when you feel that urge to grab your phone when you're just sitting there, when you feel that urge, because it, I mean, it's very real. And as soon as you try to do this, you're going to freak out at how addicted you are to your phone. And this isn't pointing your fingers because I do the same thing. Like all human beings in a westernized society do the same thing. When you feel the urge... Don't do it. Just sit there. Like, just sit there and think. Or just sit there and don't think. Just sit there and watch. Look at a tree. Watch the ants climbing up the tree. Watch the people walking by. Think about how you could create more time in your life. Give yourself the space to think. And turning some of that screen time into think time will, again, just make you feel, make life feel clearer to you. Your mind will feel clear. Life will feel clear. And you'll just start to feel better about things. This is one of those instances where it's like, you don't necessarily have to decide to fill that time with something else if you don't want to. J simply just sitting and thinking more and not staring at something will make you feel more relaxed. So that's the second thing we can do. Turn screen time into think time. So first, clean out your closet physically and figuratively. Second, Turn street time into think time. Last, replace comfort with discomfort. So this one isn't necessarily subtracting. This one is 
this one is replacing because the first word is replace, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, it also gives us the opportunity to create space. It also gives us the ability to potentially turn screen time into think time. So replacing comfort with discomfort could be something as simple as like, instead of sitting in front of the TV for the next hour, going out and going for a walk, going out and going for a hike, going out and going for a bike ride. And that will also allow you to think. It'll also allow you to just pay attention to what's around you instead of have something yelling at you or screaming at you, a screen. So replacing comfort with discomfort doesn't necessarily mean doing something like really hard, although it can, but it just means instead of like sitting and feeling comfortable always all the time, find some way to do something that in the moment feels a little less comfortable than sitting on a nice fluffy couch. Instead, go out and go for a walk. And what you'll realize again is that just going for a walk or going out and going for a hike or just going outside in general starts to create more space in your mind, create more clarity in your thoughts, create more control over your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and therefore more happiness and fulfillment in your life. So again, it's not a matter of doing these things so that you can start, like I'm not trying to bombard you with like, oh, then you can start exercising and then you can start eating better and then you can start taking supplements and then you can start doing this. Like doing too many things is doing too many things. When you feel ready, then you can start doing those things and you will find out that actually once you start exercising and start training and start moving your body and start feeling better, you get more time in your life because you don't feel so freaking tired all the time anymore. You don't feel lethargic. You don't feel like, oh, I just, I just need to sit here because I'm just tired. I don't know how I'm so tired because I haven't done anything all day. I've been sitting for eight to 10 hours, which is what the average person does. When you start to get up and move, you get more time in your life because you have more energy, because you feel better, because you feel more vital and you feel like you're ready to go instead of feeling like you can't, I, I just, I don't have the energy to do anything. So start to do it, figure out a way to subtract so that you can add so that you can either add in the things that you want to do or so that you can just add more clarity in your mind. And a lot of us just don't have a lot of that right now. We just don't have a lot of clarity. We don't have a clear mind. We don't have, like, we just we just have so much stuff bombarding us that are, we just, I don't, I think we just try our hardest to block a lot of it out, and therefore we just block our, we suppress even our, like, will to want to be happy and fulfilled again. Clean your closet. Turn screen time into think time. Replace comfort with discomfort. Start to plug them in. Let me know what happens. Let me know what you think. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button as well. Add this into your life. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.